Welcome to Season 4 of the Powered by Rock Podcast. We'll bring you the best stories in rock music with a focus on highlighting independent rock musicians and their music from all over the world. No, rock music isn't dead. It's getting better and better. It's just time for you to start paying attention again. With that said, let's get this party started. The mountain's gonna rise and fall by me. Hello and welcome to the Power by Rock podcast, where I'm going to be speaking with Andy Pohl, who plays guitar in the punk band Tsunami Bomb. You may have heard of them, but he also runs the indie record label Sell the Heart Records. Andy can shred a guitar as well as discover and support great bands, and he even used to do a podcast himself called Question the Answers Podcast. I've had a chance to listen to a few episodes of that. He's a man of many talents, and as far as the record label goes, he has helped out or helped put out releases from from bands such as Next Scars, Decent Criminal, Bumsy and the Moochers, God Damn It. Uh, with some of the new releases like Fat Heaven, Singing Lungs, and a brand new Operation IV cover uh, song compilation that we'll talk about a little bit, uh, featuring some very cool bands like Cat Bite, The Raging Nathans, and more. If you're looking for indie rock music, you'll be smart to start. Smart to start? I like that. I like the way that sounds. To to put Sell the Heart Records at the top of that list or high on that list to check out. Hey, Andy, welcome to the show. Hey, yeah. Thanks so much, Isaac. It's a pleasure to be here. And yeah, smart to start. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> smart to start with these guys. Smart to start with yeah. Sell the Heart. God, that, that's like so oh, hey, catchy. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I think we could write a song about that. Anyway, uh, the yeah. first thing I kind of want to talk about, because I've changed the format a little bit, and I really like to dig into kind of what I consider to be whatever I think might be the most intriguing story to tell about, you know, the, the guests that I have on. And you have a couple of intriguing stories, so I want to kind of capture them both. And the first one I want to talk about is you obviously didn't uh, join Tsunami Bomb when it was originally formed back in, I want to say, 2000-ish, 2002, somewhere uh, in the area. Like 1998, 99, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically when I was in high school. And that, I mean, that's, that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, basically what happened was you, you kind of became friends with them over the years, and then they had a guitarist, Chris LaForge, who actually passed away suddenly. I don't know the details behind that or anything like that. Um, but basically, can you kind of tell me how this whole process of you becoming the guitarist for Tsunami Bomb happened and kind of maybe what's the story behind the the longevity that you've known the band and everything and what's been going on since you joined the band, I, I assume? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've known members of the band uh, Tsunami Bomb for like longer than even the band had had been around. So Dominic, the bassist and one of the co-founders of the band had been in a, a band prior to being in Tsunami Bomb called Headboard. And uh, bands that I was in at the time played some shows with them. Uh, you know, back in the day, we played some shows with them in like the Central Valley in California, up in like the Sierra Nevada foothills. Uh, I can't remember if we played the Bay Area or not. But anyway, that's how I got introduced to Dom. And so okay. he and I kind of became you know, acquaintances at that point. Like we weren't like tight because we were living in different areas of California, but our bands, you know, kind of coexisted in the same scene. And so we would, you know, cross each other's paths quite often. Um, then he left headboard and started Tsunami Bomb with Oubliette and, you know, Gabe was uh, not officially their first drummer. Well, I mean, I guess technically officially he was their first drummer, but he wasn't like the official first drummer. It's another story, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Go look it up on the Wikipedia yeah. page. 
but but yeah, but I was actually at their first show ever, which okay. was at uh, the Fatty Mocha, which is uh, a club that no longer exists. That was in sounds Merced. like a really unhealthy coffee shop. <laughs> it was run. It was run by this really great guy named Darren. Who it, it, I mean, anyone who played there has, I'm sure, a story about Darren. He was he was a really really interesting fellow I'll, I'll say that um but it was a cool spot it was in like you know merced california which is like this little podunk town which has since then grown a lot there's like a uc there or a cal state i think it's a uc merced now but anyway um yeah so i was at their first show ever and uh you know similar kind of situation where like bands that i was in you know just would cross paths with them and uh when i graduated from college i moved up to the sierra or to uh, sonoma county and i joined a band which uh, ended up actually doing a lot of shows with Tsunami Bomb back in the day. So this was like, you know, 2000, 2001. Mm -hmm. And then um, like that band had actually done a full tour with Tsunami Bomb. They did like a trip from California down over to Florida and back. This was prior to me being in the band. But, you know, basically, long story short, there's a deep history, like yeah. a connection with Tsunami Bomb from the literally the beginnings of the band yeah. and so um over the years i've just stayed in touch with you know the band and i've seen them in all the iterations that they had all the different lineups and you know got to become friends with virtually everyone that was in the band over the course of time and uh, there's been a few I, members in the band for sure yeah 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 i mean there, <laughs> there's been a lot of guitarists i'm i'm the latest guitar player but like interestingly enough i i'm actually now i think officially the one with the longest tenure. So oh. um, I don't have as much output as like, say, Mike, like, I think, yeah. I think he has more songs that are like written and recorded. But, mm -hmm. but I think as far as time goes, I'm now the longest lasting guitar player that the band's gotcha. had. Um, but, um, it doesn't go away anytime soon. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like fast forward, you know, the band uh, decided to kind of regroup and do the what was supposed to be like a one off thing for the release of the Trust No One, uh, which is a collection of um, its songs from uh, Seven Inches they put out, as well as the Invasion From Within EP. And initially it was supposed to be like this one-off gig. And then uh, I happened to be living with Dominic at the time. So we were okay. roommates or housemates, I should say, in Oakland, California. And um, he, you know, he told me all about it. I was like, dude, this is awesome. This is great. It's cool. You know, very excited for them. They had Brian back in. And, uh, you know, they had Oubliette, they had gotten Kate in. Super, super fun uh, idea, and I was super stoked for them. And then, yeah, fast forward, they ended up getting Chris in the band because Brian uh, left. They got Chris uh, brought in. And then, yeah, like, you know, uh, so Chris actually didn't pass away until um, I had actually been asked to kind of take over. Because it, basically there, there was like a... It was like a matter of like logistics, you know, because mm -hmm. like he was living in Texas and like it was it was just becoming like a little bit harder, you know, to sure. to maintain having uh, this uh, basically a um, a hired gun, you know, who lived in so many states away, and so um, you know they eventually asked if I would be interested in joining, and then unfortunately, you know, as you mentioned, Chris did pass away shortly after that, and it is super tragic what happened, but. Um, uh, may he rest in peace. Um, but yeah, and then so since then, uh, I've been in the band, and uh, I was officially brought on about a year after, because um, essentially they had brought me on as like a like a hired gun, you know. So I was like doing it, you know, show by show. But yeah, eventually they were like here, and they, they actually gave me like a 
I can't find it right now, but they gave me like a golden ticket. It was really cool. <laughs> like a, <laughs> nice. Yeah, they gave me like a little golden ticket as a Christmas present. It was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, and obviously, you know, that you guys have kept active, uh, you know, I think, I, I can't remember if it's only one or two albums since you've been part of the band, but I mean, there's there's albums and EPs from, from memory that you've put together with the band, correct? Yeah, so, um, you know, so the, the Trust No One LP is what kind of, relaunched the band which is mm -hmm. you know that that collection of previously released materials but then you know the band decided yeah let's let's record a new record so um we we had some songs that they had kind of demoed prior to me coming in but then as soon as i got in we just started demoing a bunch of songs yeah. so that's what ultimately led towards the spine that binds and we also have put out a couple of seven inches since then we've put out the still standing seven inch, which is, uh, we took El Diablo and Irish boys and re-recorded them. And part of the reason for that was because those were two songs in particular that, um, you know, featured Oubliette, uh, that, uh, in previous iterations, like the old Irish boys was, you know, it, it's a, it's a really cool recording, but it's like very kind of lo-fi, you know, yeah. uh, very, very punk rock sounding. And we kind of wanted to like update it a little bit. And then uh, El Diablo on the record didn't really feature the keys. And so they wanted to incorporate that because that was one of the songs that actually originally had heavily incorporated the keys gotcha. um, as like a main focal point. And like, man, it, it's, it's, it I mean, the original recording sounds great. And this just sounds in my opinion, even better because like yeah. those keys like make it, you know, yeah. a, a big deal. And then we also did a seven inch uh, that included covers of out of touch and uh, Dead Man's Party. And then, uh, yeah, we have some other things coming down the pipeline. We've been on a couple of compilations uh, as well. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. So, yeah, obviously staying active. I know, like, I, I messaged you the other day and you're like, oh, sorry, I was just gigging out, out of town, like, with Tsunami Bomb. I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, we, we actually just got done doing a run of four shows, which were in California. We did three shows in Southern California and then uh, kind of a hometown show at bottom of the hill in San Francisco. And they were, they were great. Like yeah. the, the weather, unfortunately was a little rough, uh, especially in Southern California. So I, I think that that may have deterred some people from coming out, but yeah. like people rain, that were there just rain and uh, snow in Southern California. What the hell's going on in this world? <laughs> yeah. It was wild. Like driving up the, the one one we saw all yeah. the snow uh, caps and um, yeah, but, but the, the people that were at the show just absolutely brought it and so much good energy. And like, the, yeah, it was so much fun. And we, we have to do those with death by stereo who are kind of, you know, slowly but surely becoming like our, our like brother band, you know, it's, like, yeah. uh, it's pretty, pretty great. Like those guys are great. Yeah. They're an awesome band. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah. So obviously before you got into tsunami bomb, you had started sell the heart records, I think mm -hmm. releasing the first album, maybe around 2010 or 2011 from memory. Is that right? Yeah. I, I, I want to say it was 2010. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, the, the, the first official release on Sell the Heart was actually my own band. It was a band called Snipers. Um, you know, I'd been in that band for a few years and we had recorded this record and uh, we were, you know, really stoked on it. And back then, you know, vinyl hadn't really blown up again. So yeah. like people were still releasing vinyl, but, you know, CDs were still kind of the main thing. Yeah. This was, this was kind of just, just before when streaming had really taken off so cds were still very much like the the main uh format you know yeah. i think for most people or illegally downloading shit right 
Well, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, like <laughs> Napster and like LimeWire and those things were definitely a, a, a thing, but like this was right around the time when like you could, you could break on MySpace, you know? Yeah. Um, so streaming existed and streaming was there, but um, as far as merch goes and formats for selling most of your stuff, it was still CDs. And so uh, Sniper's CD was the first one, but then uh, the next release was a local artist named Good Riddler. And so that was our first official uh, LP uh, that we did. And it was only a four song EP, but we did it as like this, you know, super nice, like 180 gram vinyl, like two sided 45 inch. And, you know, um, very quickly got a uh, an education on what it was yeah. like to uh, release a vinyl record and like all that entails. And I mean, it, it was, it, it was actually a pretty smooth process. We worked with um, Pirates Press and like they made it super easy. And, you know, um, the rep who I worked with is actually a guy that I knew um, from beforehand and he helped out so much. And like, I, I learned so much along the way and yeah, yes. Since then we've, I mean, we're almost, uh, we actually we're, we're just over the 50 release mark. So nice. our catalog's 50 deep. Yep. Let's see which way do I go here. I think you, you were part of this one too. The Well, the repressing. Yeah. yeah. So not the original release. That was yeah. wiretap. But um, yeah, uh, we were able to take place in uh, doing the repressing. Of, and that's it. So, dude, Decent Criminal are amazing. Like, yeah. they're fantastic. And like that yeah. record is so, so good. Anyone that doesn't have it yet needs to buy it immediately. It's very yeah. good. For anyone who is only listening to this, I'm pointing to the Decent Criminal Bleached album, which I also have the Decent Criminal Bloom album right above my head. They have a new album coming out, and uh, I've heard a couple songs out there, and that shit is amazing. So they are yeah. absolutely one of my favorite bands, and the fact that you put out one of their albums, is, even as a repressing, pretty amazing. Yeah, well, and um, we did end up putting out the DCEP 7-inch. Yep, uh, that's right. Which was that's us like and Gunner Records yeah. and... Yeah, I mean that's that's a killer seven inch too. So yeah. everything they're doing is great, and I, I have a very good feeling that they're going to be moving on to like some really cool things over the years if they yeah. keep it up. Yeah, yeah, and they they seem to know every single band in America somehow. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, they're yeah. they've they've put in the work. They're yeah. they're out there. They're yeah. playing all the shows. They're doing everything right. I mean, I my hats off to them. They're yeah absolutely got a great work work ethic and they're and they're just a really really good band yeah yeah and you'd mentioned uh obviously the fact that this was originally put out by wiretap records but you have a pretty good relationship with a lot of other record labels out there like wiretap i believe engineer um a few other ones out there so kind of just explain to me how that works when you're collaborating with other record labels either obviously you're doing the u.s release or you're doing like a partial vinyl color or something like that how does that all go about when you guys sit down and talk about that stuff uh yeah i mean i like to think that i do um you know rob has been super super you know generous with his time and like you know he uh, when i actually you know because i took a break from the label like you know the the label didn't like officially stop or anything but i just kind of like took a break from it um when i started coming back a, a few years ago you know he was somebody that i actually reached out to and was asking him, I was like, Hey man, so like, I'd love your advice on a few things. Cause I'm kind of starting, trying to get back into this game. And like, I'd love to know, like, you've been doing this now steadily for a number of years. Like yeah. what's been working for you? Like what hasn't been working for you? And he was so generous with his time and like, you know, offering me a lot of advice and stuff. And, um, we've collaborated on a few things. David at engineer has also been a really, really great, um, you know, partner 
uh, we've, we've, I mean, we've done like well over 10 releases, I think at this point. Nice. Um, and you know, those conversations are usually just very casual when, when it comes down to it, because, you know, I think, I, I think, I think with anyone running a label out of your, you know, house or your apartment, yeah. like we do, um, first and foremost, you just have to like the music a lot. And like, I would even go to say like, you have to love it, you know? So yeah. as long as you love the music, I think everything else just kind of becomes like, okay, like whatever we got to do, you know, to put it out because this is good. And like, we should, we should, I want to be a part of this. So, um, you know, typically it'll be like, I will maybe present like to one of these guys, like, Hey, I've got this band and I really want to re release it. I'd love for you guys to be a part of it. And really, I just love to know what your level of interest is if you're interested. So for example, David, you know, if, if I present to him a band who's a US based band who may or may not have the ability to go tour in the UK yeah. at all, you know, I'm not going to expect that he's necessarily going to go like full in yeah. on like a 50 50 split. Like, you know, if, if he's interested in carrying like 25 copies or like 50 copies of something like then that's that's more than generous and as far as i'm concerned because you know let's face it like unless you're in front of people like yeah i mean even with the internet like you know you can youtube and you can stream and like all these things like you can get all that material without having to have somebody in front of you but i think more often than not when bands are actually able to present themselves in front of people in a live setting like that tends to move more units but yeah but David's been super good about just being like, oh, no, this is great. I love this. And like, I think that I have an audience for this, you know, yeah. so if he can bring in like a, um, a 10 to 15 percent stake in it, then that's great. And then on top of that, if like, say, you know, Gunner uh, Records in Germany or Bearded Punk in Belgium, you know, if one of them wants to take on an additional 10 percent or 15 percent, then that distributes it even wider and then yeah. um kazu who lives in japan and runs water slide records if he wants to take on another 20 copies you know out of a 300 run press i mean now you know you've got almost half if not a third like a third to a half of those records now spoken for all around the world where people don't they, they no longer have to worry about paying like crazy international shipping right yeah and it yeah. benefits 75 dollars for one vinyl is not necessarily it, it's 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 bonkers like how yeah. much people like it happens all the time people will pay more for the shipping than they will for the actual record yeah and and it's it's just such a bummer because it's not cost effective for like you know a local label in australia to go ahead and take on the cost of pressing and uh, a run just for australia if only 50 people in australia are going to buy it right for sure so you know if they can just pay the cost you know like the the price per unit plus bulk shipping rate to get 50 copies sent over there that's much mm -hmm. easier for them and it cuts down on like the you know, space they have to you know save and like their 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 warehouse like whatever um and you know it, it works both ways like david at engineer has presented bands to me where yeah. i'm like yeah like uh, i can do something similar where like you've got this band who's based in the uk I can take on like 50 copies and then I've probably got a good audience for those. And like, I've done that with a few bands uh, up there. So um, that, that I think is, is a really great way to do these partnerships because it ends up benefiting, you know, both sides of the, uh, the aisle, you know, so to yeah, speak. Sure. And um, ultimately 
benefits the bands because you, you know like 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 next is is a great example of this um where you know they're they're, they're still kind of a younger band but now that I, they've gotten you know some attention both in the united states and the uk in particular because of the partnership with engineer yeah now they might actually have a good leg to stand on to actually go to the uk and say yep. no like we we have like representation there like we have a label that represents us there and like we could go there and like realistically do some shows and not just be like this random us band who just shows yeah. up you know like <laughs> yeah, so yeah yeah and it's there's two things in that in that that kind of the statements that you made there that I want people who are just listening to kind of take notice of number one. And I actually talked about this with Rob from wiretap as well as bands that tour and actually show up and play in front of people can move more units because people then have a bigger connection with that band, right? Like if you're just going to find like the internet's a giant place, if you're going to find bands by like a Spotify, like shuffle or something like that, that's one thing. And you might think, Oh, like this song's okay or whatever. But if you see it live, and then you're like, holy shit, like this is really good. You're a lot more inclined to go then purchase something from them, vinyl, merch, whatever. And then you'll probably listen to them on streaming as well. So for bands, make sure that you're playing live music because like just being on the internet and releasing music is definitely not going to help you create a sustainable income, in my opinion, unless you hit the lottery somehow. I mean, if you've got licensing for, you know, a commercial or a movie or something that, that blows you up, I don't know or some virality, but that's essentially like winning the lottery. Uh, so just go play shows. Like they're a lot of fun. I mean, I don't know why you'd want to be a musician and not want to play a lot of shows, but uh, that's part one of the statement that I think was pretty clear. The second thing there is for anyone who's looking to get some insight on how you can actually start a label, you don't have to be the guy that carries 500 vinyl copies of an album to start a label, right? Like I remember talking to Rob about this and he was like, yeah, we did a bunch of color variations on the first one. And I was like, yeah, probably not the first thing that you want to do with your very first album release is like, let's do 300 copies of, of three different colors. And it's like 900 copies. You're like, we're going to be stuck with some of that for sure. So um, use the advice of other people around you, reach out to record labels, Andy, Rob, Dave, like any of these guys who are running these record labels they're usually pretty good with their time and they're, they're pretty helpful. And they'll tell you the, the, the land or the, uh, what do you call the pitfall mistakes that they've made. And so um, work with people who know what they're doing. Uh, you can, you can take on a a minor uh, stake and potentially a release or something like that. Um, so I, I think those two things are really valuable for a lot of people who might either think like, Hey, I want to start a band or Hey, I want to grow my band or I want to start a label or grow a label for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I mean, I've said this on a few other po podcasts that I've done interviews, but um, when Wait, I was this isn't your first podcast, Andy. What the hell? No, I'm just kidding. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a. I'm not a podcast virgin, unfortunately. Um, um, no, like uh, when I was starting uh, out with Sell the Heart Records, it was. It was. It was initially it was me and like a group of other people, and then eventually it kind of like whittled down to like just kind of being the, the thing that I took the ball and ran with, but. Um, I actually reached out to, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the band, the Velveteen or the new trust. Uh, uh, are you familiar with those bands? I don't think so actually. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, Josh, Josh Staples, uh, is the bass player for both of those bands. And, you know, he, uh, lived up in the Sonoma County area and, uh, um, you know, I was friends with him and still I'm friends with him, but, um, he had run a record label for many years with, I think it was him and his wife. Um, and, uh, I, I, I asked him, I was like, Hey, do you have any advice? You know, he's like, just don't, dude. 
don't do it. <laughs> and, 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 you know, he was, he was like half kidding, but he was half serious too. He was just like, you know, it's, it's a big time suck. It's a big money suck. And you have to, you, it's basically like an investment or like gambling. You have to be willing to lose what yeah. you put in. So as long as you go into it, understanding that you may not make any of your money back, then that's probably the, the number one piece of advice that I would give anyone trying to do this, but, but the same thing really applies to a band too, because, or a business of any kind. Yeah. Well, one. I, well really any business. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, you, you're probably not going to make any real money doing this. You know, the likelihood is very slim. Yeah. So I've always like my mantra, the entire time has always been as long as I break even, that's it. That's all I care about. Yeah. Everything else is, is a happy accident as far as I'm concerned, you know? So, you know, thankfully the label seems to have gotten bigger and it's gotten more attention, like more positive attention. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think that there's been, I don't think that there's any negative attention that I know of, <laughs> but um, I mean, whatever, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is slowly but surely growing. And, you know, if, if like if I had the opportunity to turn this into my full time job, I don't think I would, to be perfectly honest with you. Like, I don't think that I would make this my job because I wouldn't want to get burnt out on it because sure. I like do like I like doing it. If I I feel like if it was my job, though, that I would probably get more burnt out on it more easily. And then yeah. I just hate it. And so I'm fully content doing this as something that consumes a decent amount of my free time. I care about it. I care about the bands. Uh, I care about the the music itself. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's just something that I feel allows me to partake in the greater, you know, uh, universe of the music scene sure. in my own way, you know, um, while still being able to maintain playing music in like yep. say Tsunami Bomb or another project. Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome here because, you know, uh, I was going to say that speaking of like the negativity, I had read a, a quote from another label. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Saying like, what a subtle bitch it? that Andy guy is. is. <laughs> no, I was like, it's, it's I always you, been I bet positive. you it was Dom. I bet you it was Dominic Davi, you know, <laughs> from Alternative Tentacles. Yeah. That, that <laughs> bastard. No. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say, you know, obviously there are a lot of labels out there. And, and you know, back when I was young, it was like, you could easily find a niche label for pretty much any niche that you wanted. So it was like drive through records or um, Kung Fu. Uh, there was obviously um, fat records and all these other ones, right? Like if you wanted a specific kind of genre or subgenre of like pop punk or emo or something like you had to these, um, these labels and they were, they would kind of specialize in it. Now I think it's a little different these days because first of all, punk, like, just rock music in general kind of went kind of underground for a long time, unless you're like a Foo Fighters or, you know, some mainstream big band already. Uh, so I think labels kind of diversified a little bit more. So if you could kind of explain the musical genres or the taste that you have for Stella Heart Records versus some of the, you know, the, the record labels I've already mentioned, or maybe some of the mainstream record labels, like what would you say about Stella Heart Records for people to kind of know off the top of off the top of their head so they can go check it out? Sure. Uh, yeah, Sell the Heart never really set out to have a specific genre um, in mind. I, I've always kind of felt like it's a reflection of my own musical taste. Um, 
and it, it doesn't even incorporate all of it either. I mean, like I'm a, like, I'm a big jazz fan, you know, and yeah, I was gonna say, I haven't heard it, any jazz or funk releases from you yet, but <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I love funk. I, I love funk. I love, I love hip hop, you know, and I, it's not that I'm opposed to releasing those styles of music. Um, I just don't know if I have the right audience for those, you know, yeah. necessarily, you know, I mean, um, but if, if I found like a, a hip hop artist that I loved, like, I mean, I've talked to a few of them and it just didn't really work out, but, um, but if one came along and it made sense to release it, like I would totally do that, you know, mm-hmm. um, same with jazz, same with funk, you know, but, but, you know, I, I think, I think realistically though, like you kind of have to, you know, maintain at least a bit of a wheelhouse, you know? Um, because then, then you, it just makes it so much easier to like funnel your, your marketing and absolutely you know, your marketing becomes much easier. It spends less uh, money that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I've had this conversation before where I feel like I, I kind of passively shot myself in the foot, like by not trying to pinpoint like maybe one genre or maybe even two to specialize in, but you know, sell the heart really does incorporate a, a multi genre aspect like you know we have punk we have indie rock we have like post-hardcore uh we have like you know dark wave like kind of goth uh we have some post-rock like instrumental stuff um we have like a like post-metal like the band roland um you know so even a bit of ska i don't know sometimes yeah 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 ska punk bands uh obviously we've done like the 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 rancid and the off ivy tributes um you know some emo you know stuff and so it's it's kind of all over the place. Uh, I, I kind of wouldn't have it any other way. Um, even though, like I said, to my own detriment, I, I feel like it would be so much easier if I stayed with like just one genre, but, yeah. but even, but I don't know, like to me, that's no fun, you know, like I, and I'll tell you that I, the label gets burnt up pretty quickly when you have a bunch of bands that sound the same. Well, yeah, like that's, that's kind of my, where my head goes with it. I'm just like, okay, like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention any labels, but like there are some out there where I'm like, dude, literally every band that you have sounds exactly the same. Yeah. And I'm just how many goddamn skate like, punk bands can I listen to? <laughs> well, you know what I mean. It's like, <laughs> and, and it's, you know, I like I love a good like you know, System Restore, uh, skate punk band. Yeah, they're great. I love them. Totally stoked to have released their record. You know, but if I had all just bands that sounded like that, I, I I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I feel like that's kind of silly you know in some ways yeah. um but you know again like it's no shade to any record labels like do your own thing and you know um more power to you but yeah i just i i would feel i think a little uncomfortable with limiting myself i think to one sound only but you know maybe maybe to their benefit like you know like that whole thing we we're talking about just before it's like you know they they know their audience like skate yeah. punk audience here you go you know here's <laughs> here's 10 records that all have the skate punk sound you'll get an uh, you'll get an excellent skate punk record every month of the year <laughs> well right right and and I, I think that on one hand it's brilliant on the other hand it's silly so that's just yeah. my opinion you know yeah. yeah i agree um there's so much more i want to talk to you obviously about um we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back i'm gonna bring andy from sell the heart records into the spotlight with some hot seat questions i think you're gonna really enjoy this uh, and just uh, stick around because the powered by rock podcast returns right after this Reverend Guitars embodies the idea that every run of scorching lead and every roll of finger-picked twang deserve the same passion and commitment to quality. Whether you're selling out arenas or playing in your living room, we know that what makes an instrument powerful is when players wield them to create something remarkable. A melody that moves mountains. A riff that just won't quit. We want to be there in your hands when that happens. 
For us, that means staying true to what we believe. Somewhere along the road of electric guitar history, it became a crazy idea that guitar makers should craft guitars with the same sense of purpose and passion, whether they're played in a bedroom or an arena. If that's a wild idea, then we're in the right place. Carrying six strings in an attitude, and we're in good company. Reverend Guitars, well played. Welcome back to the Power by Rock podcast. I'm here with Andy Pohl from Sell the Heart Records and the guitarist from Tsunami Bomb to bring him into the spotlight for a few questions. And hopefully he doesn't get too hot underneath this uh, bright light, you know, pressure situation. Hey, Andy, are you ready to be put in the spotlight? Well, I'm ready, buddy. All right. First one, I'm going to just going to go ahead and shoot you right in the right in the back and uh, <laughs> get you here. Uh, as a record label owner, I'm going to put you on a real hot seat here and ask you, what's your favorite release that you've put out on Sell the Heart Records? Oh God! Um, <laughs> hmm. And knowing that, I'm just going to tell every other band that they're not as good, right? So I'm going to be like, Yeah, oh. right. <laughs> no, I hate this question. Um, let's see. Oh boy, that's uh, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to do a lot of editing just to get all these ums and all this dead space out of here, Andy. Come on now. No, it's right. hot seat question. All right. No, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and say it. I I think that my favorite release that I've done is the States of Nature record. Okay. Um, I think that record is just so, so, so good. And the band needs more eyes on it than they, ha they currently have. Like, and I'm biased because it kind of checks off a lot of boxes for me. Like as far as like my musical taste goes, sure. like it's a little bit more like that kind of post hardcore, like post punk garagey, you know, um, like it, it's kind of like a mix between like Fugazi and pretty girls make graves and like, um, Q and not you and like Queens of the Stone Age. Like it's, it's just a super dynamic and fun record, super well-produced sounds great. The yeah. artwork's great. Um, I just, yeah, I'm, I love that record. And I just, I really wish more people uh, heard, had, had heard it. They're, they're unfortunately a band that uh, doesn't really get a chance to play out all that much. Um, like they did fest last year and like, they got mm -hmm. a really, really great reaction, which is awesome. Um, and when they do play, like, people love them you know but they're just they're not really in a spot to like do a lot of touring so sure you know try try as we did as we made like uh we we you know did pr for them and everything like that and we got them in you know some some publications and stuff but um you know it's just going to take some time i think for people to like really gravitate towards them but they are they are an excellent excellent band and i just love that record cool i haven't actually heard of it. you said states of nature is the name mm -hmm. yep cool it's called songs to sway songs to sway i'm gonna have to check it out um, that's why I always ask these questions. Cause I'm like, first of all, I want to make you like cringe, but also I want to get a recommendation and, and no bullshit. Right. I don't be like, Oh, every, every album we put out is the great. Oh yeah. Like, it's all good. No, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I, I do love every record that I've put out. Like I'll stand yeah. behind every single one of them, like, uh, of wholeheartedly, but, but yeah, I, I think if I had to classify just the one, like, I think that's the one that I would say overall is like my, my favorite release that we put out. Yeah. Awesome. And I, you know, I, I didn't want to say my own band, even though like I, I thought oh, I kind of like my own band, but that's, that's the, uh, that's the back door out, right? Like you're like, Oh, right. well, you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to say yeah. my own band. So that know, right? yeah. feelings are hurt. That'd have been too easy. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also an egomaniac. So that's of course the, the well, the yeah, of course, answer. you know, yeah. <laughs> all right. Question number two, what three bands that you have either toured or played with or would like to, that you think more people should know about? Obviously we talked about states of nature right now, but give me at least either three different ones or two more that you would like to throw into that list. I think everyone needs to start paying attention to the band fat heaven. Um, you know who, I mean, we, we recently released uh, their new album 
Yeah. And Still it's working really, on the, really the review for that, but it is literally on my to-do list right here. So nice. <laughs> yeah. It's, they are, they are a great, great, great pop punk band and, you know, total perfect, like trio pop punk, great songs, super catchy, yeah. great production. It, it, this record is a total, total ripper and they are fun live. Like Snobby Bombs played a few shows with them. Uh, you know, I just think that, I think that they could blow up, you know, if given yeah. the right attention. So everyone needs to know about them. Um, let's see. And that, that album is uh, called Life is Trash, right? That's the name of it. It's called Tra- Trash Life. Trash Life. I knew it was something Trash like Life, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then who else? Um, I mean, I'll stick with, I'll stick with on the label, like um, Middle-Aged Queers. They're, yeah. they are so fun. And they they are such like a great breath of fresh air in terms of like totally not pretentious, you know, just super fun, catchy, um, you know, uh, obviously, you know, they, they bring out, you know, uh, and eliminate like the, the queer community, which is, you know, always a good thing. Um, and I just, you know, I, I, I've gotten to, to become really good friends with them over the years and uh, they're I just think they're they're one of the coolest bands out there right now doing yeah. it. Oh, and I'm going to add one more. Um, there's a band from the East Bay called the Hammer Bombs, and okay. I, I honestly think that they are like the best band in the East Bay right now, like the best pop punk band in like the Bay Area right now. And everyone needs to be listening to them. They are so so good. They're so Hammer fun. Bombs. Hammer Bombs, yeah. And like they, they write super clever songs, very catchy. I mean, if if they had released this music in like the early nineties, they would have been right up there with like, you know, green day or the queers or like screeching weasel or any of those bands like easily. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah and I'm just like making a note to myself because I've definitely checked out fat heaven. I've definitely checked out middle-aged careers. I have not checked out hammer bomb yet. So I'm making a little note to myself right now, checking them out. Yeah. Cause uh, I will take your word for it. I, I think that, I think just through your label, I've, I've discovered a few bands uh, the Atlantic Union project actually, I thought was really, really fucking good. I was like, "How good, isn't it?" Yeah, guys. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but yeah, it's uh, a, you know that album's a little unexpected. Like th- that's an album that I feel like, like I'll give you my honest opinion. Like when I first heard it, when David first told me about it, like I was like, "This is really good," but I don't know if a lot of people are going to really get it. Yeah, because it is like very, very, very produced. It's like super high production value. And that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just like, to me, it kind of sounded like a radio rock record, you know, you know, like, like a, like a Foo Fighters record almost, you know, like super, super high quality production. And I think, I think that can kind of rub people the wrong way sometimes when they think of like post hardcore or whatever, you know? But to me, I'm like, no, this is really good. Like, I, th- yeah. I, I think if the right people hear it, they'll, they'll really dig it. But, but they're, you know, one of those bands too, that like, you know, they don't, they don't like play shows because they're like a, they're like one person lives in the UK, the other people live in the United States. So how, how would they possibly do that all the time? Yeah. So yeah, but that's a good record. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's, there's so many bands in California. I don't even know where, I, I guess I don't know where the Atlantic Union project is from. I know Fat Heaven, I think it's from New Jersey, but just in like the Bay area, there's probably, I don't know, 10,000 freaking bands. Like that's how it is in Southern California. It's like, there is no shortages of bands. So when you right. actually hear something that you like, and then you can remember them off the top of your head, it's like, I've, I've probably listened to 5,000 bands in 10 years. And the fact that I can think of like three, that shows how good they actually are. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a testament to like how impactful their, their songs are when it like stick, when it sticks with you. 
Uh, yeah. Fat Heaven's from New York, by the way. Um, okay, yeah. that's close. Uh, Atlantic Union Project, they have members who live in the East Coast and then members who live in the UK, yeah. Gotcha. I knew I knew the Atlantic Union was some part of like jump in the ocean, but I didn't know exactly how. Yeah, it's like four four people live in the UK and then uh, Craig lives in New Jersey. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. All right. Now, speaking of California, you are from the Bay Area. And mm-hmm. to people who don't know what the Bay Area is, anybody who's from, quote unquote, the Bay Area, will always just call it the Bay or the Bay Area. Like everybody in the fucking world knows that it's San Francisco and Oakland or something. But that's what it is. It's San Francisco, Oakland. Sometimes San Jose kind of gets lumped in there just because it's kind of sort of close to it. But, um, and you might repeat an answer here because you've already mentioned one, but what's the best album that you are aware of that has been put out by a band or artist from the Bay area? Just ever or don't say fucking dookie either. All right. (laughs) Are you saying, are you saying ever or okay. Oh, wow. uh, Lord. Okay. I'm Um, sure that you're, you've lived there long enough. You're like, I know a lot of these bands. So there's gotta be at least one album. There's a million. Um, I don't know. Primus, Sailing the Seas of Cheese. Wow. All right. I love that record. Yeah. I like. I love Primus. I'm a very unapologetic Primus fan. I love them. Uh, that record kind of changed my life. Like, you know, I I just have always, always been a huge, huge fan of theirs. And like when I heard that for the first time, I was like, this is cool. This is yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. I dig this. Yeah. Yeah. Primus is one of my yeah. favorite bands of all time. And I will say that probably for most of my life, Sailing the Seas of Cheese was my favorite album. But yeah. up until about five years ago, I really got back into Frizzle Fry. I love every song oh, yeah, on the album. Fry. I'm like, that's such a good album. I don't know. Right off the top of my head, like a couple of other notable ones would be like Dead Kennedys, Fresh Fruit, Rotten Vegetables, Metallica, Master of Puppets, you know, because they're from, they're technically from the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, Faith No More, like, um, you know, you pick one, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Tower of Power. You know, back to Oakland. You know, like ton, tons of good records from the. Bay Obviously, area. Rancid is yeah. from East Bay. Oakland yeah, like area. you know. So, yeah. yeah, and now come the Wolves. I mean, yeah, yeah. obviously Dookie. You know, there's uh, yeah. there's too many. There's too many. <laughs> yep, yep. So if you're wondering who's from San Francisco, there's a little few trivia facts for you right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean Third Eye Blind, Smash Mouth. Yeah, yeah the there you go. Uh, Third Eye Blind <laughs> has some good stuff. Although they're really only known for the music that came out in the '90s, they're still still out there and they still make music and they're still good. Totally. Yep. All right. Totally unrelated to music. Another Bay Area question. Uh, why has sourdough toast and sourdough bread, you know, San Francisco especially, become so popular? And why is it also the worst bread after focaccia? <laughs> Wait, so you're saying focaccia is the worst? Yes. Okay. And then sourdough. <laughs> I, well, I disagree. I think I think focaccia is great. Um, I don't know. Dude. I, I'm not a huge, huge sourdough fan i mean i'll I, I think it's i think the best utilization of it is to make toast with or yeah. to to do like a um like a panini with um but just eating sourdough regularly like either sliced or like te- i mean if you tear off a piece of like a baguette like a sourdough baguette and you use it for dipping like that's one thing but i don't know I, i'm i'm not really partial to to breads that have crust that's like very chewy and hard yeah so like that so i'm not really a huge fan but um, yeah. the question was why it was so why it's become so popular. Yes, why is it so popular? Why is everybody learning how to make sourdough toast or sourdough bread now? Oh, uh, I don't know. It's I'm gonna, I'm gonna blame you know. personally for it. Well, I mean, it is my fault. I mean, you know, I um, <laughs> I, I had a blog around, about it and it blew up. But um, <laughs> no, I, don't, I maybe it's just because it's something that 
I don't know, could pass the time during COVID, you know? Yeah. yeah. What else are you going to do, I guess, right? Put some, I guess, yeah. I mean, put I'd, some clam maybe, chowder and a sourdough bowl and eat it out. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do love a bread bowl, you know? Um, sourdough and a bread bowl or clam chowder and a bread bowl is pretty damn good. Um, I don't know. I, maybe it's just because there's so many different ways you can make sourdough bread or like the different um, like added ingredients you can use for it or something like sure. that. Yeah. Or, or maybe, maybe it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, it's a progressive thing where the first few times you try it and it doesn't really work, but then you just learn to perfect it until finally, like you have like the perfect way of doing it so that every single time it's perfect, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I I always, I always have this uh, challenge in my head. So every time I go to a restaurant, almost every single human being that like, especially if you go sit down for breakfast or whatever, and it comes with toast, Every person other than me at a table will say, oh, I'll take sourdough toast. I'm like, will you really? Will you really? I guarantee yeah. you, you will not eat all your toast. And they never do. Never do. One piece. <laughs> my go-to is uh, English muffin usually. And yeah. uh, otherwise, I'll do like rye or whole wheat. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll Also, anytime I get a sandwich with sourdough, I'm like, man, this could have been better with any other bread. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like to have little weird questions thrown in there because I figured, you sure. know. That's the, uh, it could have been about rice aroni for all you knew. There's going to be something. <laughs> it is the San Francisco treat. Yeah. Did, all right. Did so the question. Fun fact, if you, if, fun fact, if you live in San Francisco, you are required to eat at least one box a week. <laughs> That's true. You can look it up. They, they put it, they put it on your like government subsidy. Like if you get one of these, you can, you can get a tax break for X amount of dollars at the end of the year. <laughs> you're eating, you're eating the treat. Damn it. <laughs> you're going to eat it. <laughs> All right. Question number five. If you could sign one band to your record label with, with money and financial complications aside, uh, just say, this is the band I want to sign and they're willing to do it. What band would you sign right now to be the flagship band of sell their heart, sell the heart records. So any band ever. Yeah. Oh God. Um, Ideally they'd still wow. be putting out active music. Not like you'd repress something, but I mean, honestly, probably decent criminal. Very cool. Yeah, because they 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 just announced their new record and they decided to do it their own. Yep. So, yeah. I told Tristan and I told him in person. I was like, if I were to start a record label, like you guys and like maybe Radkey from Missouri would be like the two bands that I would Radke's choose like, off the bat. Off the bat, like there's these would be the two best bands for me to start with. But I'm not going to start a record label because I just don't have the time for it. But it would be rad to have them. Yeah, Radkey's dope, and um, you know I don't know like it's funny when you mention like this idea of like having like a flagship band and like, I almost feel like if you're in a band and if you have the ability to handle all of the like logistics of releasing your own record yourself and you can realistically move like 300 copies, you don't need a label. Yep. You know, like labels, labels are nice and they're fun, but, um, and and it's not that it's not that I would necessarily say that you shouldn't you know reach out to labels because you know like there are labels out there that can do much more for the bands than I can you know um, but um, like Decent Criminal they don't they don't need Sell the Heart and you know like I don't necessarily need Decent Criminal but I like Decent Criminal a lot yeah. and like I liked working with them and like I would have absolutely gladly released this new record of theirs you know but they decided to go their own way and like I'm I'm all for it I think that they can totally pull it off and they will and it's great you know so yeah. but i would have i would have been stoked to have had them uh re- remain uh on the active roster in terms of new releases you know yeah 
They, I mean, they're they're on a trajectory. Although, when I say it's like a quick trajectory, it's really not a quick. I mean, they've been around for a while, right? But like, yeah, they ten they, years they, easily. Yeah, they, they know what they're doing, and they they have that trajectory of we just want sustainable growth every year, and each time we want to do something that benefits us, like right. So like they want to make it a career. So that's that's pretty huge for them, and I think you know putting it out on their own. Their own now record label called Dist with two eyes mm-hmm. from memory D I I S S E D, Dist yep. Records. Definitely go pre-order that if you haven't and uh, check it out. But um, yeah, they are absolutely one of the best bands, especially like under you know thirty-five or whatever. I think Tristan and I think they're both just around 30, 33, somewhere in there. But yeah, they're in like their early thirties, I think. Yeah. yeah, but um, that's it. I mean, that's all the spotlight questions I have for you. But I do want to. Uh, obviously get your full permission because i talked to you before this because i want to play a a track by tsunami bomb obviously with you included uh the song is called naysayers and i just want to make sure that i have the permission from the artists involved with the actual project to play this on air for streaming and whatever so that way youtube and spotify and all these other places don't get all pissed off about it but do i have your approval to play naysayers by tsunami bomb yes you have my permission that's fine perfect all right so play us into the break here is the song naysayers from tsunami bomb and we'll be back right after this
running your own music career is incredibly difficult. Trying to get people to like, share, comment, listen, follow, it's all just overwhelming. Most musicians give up before they ever achieve success, and that's the worst. If you're looking for a better way to grow your music career, head to DIYRockCareer.com for some absolutely free training. It costs you nothing, and it could be the difference between hitting your goals and quitting your dream. Go to DIYRockCareer.com today by clicking the link below this episode. Then I lost my all right, welcome back to the Power by Rock podcast. Okay, Andy, let's talk about some of the cool shit you got coming up this year because you are busy. You always keep busy, which is which is nice. So, can you talk about what's on the horizon for you, a label, and Tsunami Bomb in twenty twenty three? Sure. So, I'll start with the label. Um, yeah, this this year has been all like already a super super busy year for us. Um, we already have, I think, uh, a solid eight releases under our belt in terms of like either stuff that's already come out or is in pre order. Or has been announced so and we've got a you know several more down the pike um we have our 2023 record club which you know is 12 records for one price includes free shipping you get a 25 percent discount on any uh, other well most other stuff that we sell and then um you know it's really the best deal in town you're gonna mm -hmm. be getting records from god damn it bumsy and the moochers the 84 draft middle-aged queers uh cross keys raised on tv um uh, uh fat heaven is in there it, it's 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 super oh you, you're going to be getting the new operation ivy uh tribute record it's a super super stacked lineup of releases and we have just over 20 spots left out of the 50 that are available so if you want to sign up i would do it because once those are gone they're gone um and some some of those records that you'll be getting are exclusive to the record club in terms of variants. So you'll be getting like specifically uh, certain uh, variants that are only available if you sign up. Uh, as far as some of those releases, yeah, we're, we're co-releasing the new Cross Keys record, which is a really, really rad band out of Philadelphia. It's kind of like a super group, members of uh, uh, Zoloft, the Rock and Roll Destroyer, Kid Dynamite, um, you know, and we're doing that with Creep Records. Um, that comes out in April. Um, we've got the new Operation Ivy tribute record, which uh, I previously mentioned, it's a co-release with Lava Sox Records, 33 tracks. As far as we know, uh, and what I've seen, it's every Operation Ivy record that was recorded and released being covered. And wow. it's, you know, features Catbite, We Are the Union, uh, Raging Nathans, uh, a side project that I'm involved in called Heater did a, did a, a song. Original Sun contributed, uh, like the last recording that they ever did is on there. Next Scars is on there, Middle-Aged Queers, Bumsy the Moochers. It is stacked. It is a stacked record. And part of the proceeds of that are actually going to be donated to Gilman, uh, 924 Gilman Street. So nice. you'll be doing uh, kind of a good service there. Um, let's see. Raised on TV, who I know is a band that you've championed. And actually, you're the one who introduced me to them, which is... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, just I, a I random email one day. I said, Andy, I think you might like these guys. Check them out. And you're like, yeah, they're awesome. Like, I want to sign them. It's like, yeah, fantastic. they're great. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been working out great. Unfortunately, the, uh, the, the vinyl production is going a little slow on that. So it's the scheduling for that one's going to be a little awkward, but, um, but we've announced it and we've been slowly releasing a couple of uh, singles from it. Yeah. And, um, you know, so far it's been, you know, good response and they're a really, really great band. I mean, like they're kind of up there with decent criminal, as far as I'm concerned, like they just write really, really good songs, you yeah. know? And thankfully they're road dogs, you know, they'll go out and they'll tour a lot and, you know, they always put on a good show and um, they have a great attitude about it. And, uh, you know, they've been, they've been really great to work with. And I, I, I expect 
that people are going to really like this album when it comes out. Yeah. Um, let's see, we, we just released the Fat Heaven record. We just released a record by the band called Singing Lungs, which is another co-release with Count Your Lucky Stars records out of the Midwest. Um, we've got a couple of records that are from European bands that we haven't announced yet. So uh, more information will be coming about those soon. And then uh, there's a few other things that um, I won't give too many hints on that are coming out later this year that we'll be part of that I think people will be very excited about. So it's, yeah, a busy, busy year as far as the label goes. Uh, As far as Tsunami Bomb goes, yeah, so we just did this tour of, well, I mean, not so much a tour, but it's like a run of shows in California. This coming weekend, which I don't know, I don't know when this is being uh, aired, but uh, the weekend of, yeah. Okay, yeah. So March March 10th, 11th, and 12th, we're playing in Texas for three shows where we get to be a ska band for a few days. <laughs> nice. no, um, there, there's an ongoing joke that Tsunami Bomb is a ska band, and I mean, we may or may not be, but it um, depends <laughs> on who you ask. Um, uh, but yeah, so we're excited about that because we haven't been in Texas in a long time, and we have some really good roots there. And um, let's see, then... Our main objective is to record and uh, release a new record. So we have a bunch of demos, like we're slowly tightening them up. It's been a process, but it's coming together. And they're some of the best songs we've written. uh, Like as you know, it's easy for me to say that because like I'm the new guy in the band. And like, you know, like I don't ever really want to compare it to the old stuff because the old stuff's great. Like, I mean, I'm I'm a fan, you know, and I love playing those. Um, And, you know, whether or not, people who listen to these new songs think the same i'm not gonna even attempt to convince them otherwise because they like what they like but i think that they're excellent songs and like we've really put together a really good batch of tunes and i think we're gonna be really stoked on them uh but i just want to i just want to interject one thing real quick and just say that people who who liked van halen and only think that the david david lee roth era was the only good part of van halen I think you're a bit high because Sammy Hagar did write some pretty good songs and whether or not you like to admit it, he actually can rock out. So I'm not a huge yeah, yeah, Sammy yeah. Hagar fan, but they actually made some goddamn good songs with him. So stop complaining. <laughs> well, you know, and as long as it's not the Neil Sharon, uh, uh, or Neil Sean and Neil Sharon, what was his name? Was yeah. The guy name? from, uh, extreme extreme. Yeah. I, I didn't yeah, listen I to any of that. Him. So I can't comment. Well, that's, that's the thing is like, neither one of us can remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can remember one him. song by Extreme more than words, but I don't remember any sound oh, songs totally. that he did with yeah. Van Halen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but but I appreciate you saying that because that that's kind of been like an ongoing, not so much a battle. You know, we, we we don't really attempt to fight people on it. It's just more yeah. like yeah, like if you if you don't like this new version of Tsunami Bomb and like you're like really married to the old version, that's fine. Enjoy. Like we're just happy you're listening at all. You know. Yeah. And you you know, but but we invite you to listen and to enjoy it because we think it's good and like we're gonna keep doing it so yeah um, people still only listen to the shit that they listen to in high school so it's hard to get them to do anything else (laughs) yeah yeah we we learned very quickly that there's no there's no reason to try to convince people otherwise you know it's it's all good as far as we're concerned we're just happy people listen at all you know to any of it um but yes and so we've got the the we're trying to do a full length we have a couple of other things that we're trying to do as well so but i don't want to spill too many beans on that because it's some pretty cool stuff um Mm -hmm. and then yeah i mean uh i i i don't have a lot of information about it but i did mention before like i do have a a side project that i'm kind of involved with it it involves some people that i've been uh playing music with since high school 
and we kind of have like a new project we're doing. It's probably not going to be very much of like an active band, but it'll probably be more of a studio thing. But I've got some uh, stuff that we've got down the pike. We actually did contribute a track to the Operation Ivy tribute. Um, we covered Plea for Peace, and I, I think we did a pretty cool job with it. So nice. it's actually my first. It's actually my first time taking the lead vocal. So that's wow. that's kind of interesting. Yeah. All right. Nice. Yeah. And you're putting it out on your own record label. So see, you are an egomaniac. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I did reissue the Snipers record on vinyl too. So, um, gotcha. you know, and actually I, I, I've got something coming down the pike that's along the same lines, but I don't want to spill those beans either. But yeah. yeah. Well, and it's funny. Cause I, I was just joke. Cause like a lot of the people that I have specifically the people I have on this podcast are probably some of the most humble people that you'll ever talk to. Otherwise they probably even wouldn't be on the fucking podcast to begin with. But I like sure. to joke around, obviously, when I say that Andy's an egomaniac, he's definitely not an egomaniac. But everybody who's in a band who performs in front of people has a bit of an ego that they just kind of hide behind, you know, because they, they have to. Otherwise, why the fuck would you get up in front of people and play your own music? It's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's some truth to that, you know, like even even the most like um, uh, introverted musicians, I think, have like a, 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 a touch of that ego that yeah. kind of gets like, you know. Uh, I, I don't know, like, uh, like stroke the ego a little bit, you know, sure. but, um, I don't, know. I don't think liked. there's anything wrong with it. As long as you're not a dick, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just exactly. don't be an asshole. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Very cool. So we'll put obviously some links to tsunami bomb stuff, sell the heart records, obviously links in the show notes below this episode. Um, one last question before we sign off and I've asked you about music already a bunch, but I'm, I'm going to ask you for what one piece, one album, one band, one song, what one piece of new music would you recommend people check out? You know, that, 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 that band, uh, high Viz, who, okay. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're from, uh, England. They're, they're great. Uh, th that album they put out uh, last year is excellent. It was one of my top records of last year. It was fantastic. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure I, I listened to the record. I don't think I got to do a review because I think I was just behind at the time, but I'm gonna have to go check it out again. Cause yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, there. That record's excellent, but there, there's a whole lot that I could name if you give me some time. But I don't want to keep you too long. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Awesome. So lots of recommendations, lots of good stuff. Obviously, you got to check out Naysayers uh, and and learn more about Sell the Heart Records because there's going to be a lot of stuff coming. And if you don't know any of the bands that Andy's mentioned, you can definitely go check all those links out below this uh, below this episode in the show notes. And get get to know these bands because they are really good. And if you want to get part of that that record club and get all these you know freaking vinyls that he's putting out this year for one great price, uh, I would highly recommend that. Asian Man launched their own, and it like blew yeah. away. Like it sold out super fast. You know, so yeah, it's crazy what Mike's been able to do with Asian Man Records. It's, oh, it's dude, Mike, like, been Mike, forever. Mike Park, Mike Park is hands down the inspiration for doing the label. Like yeah. Asian Man Records. One million percent is the reason why Sell the Heart Records exists. Yeah. Like, awesome. no question That's about awesome. it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So, go check out all the links below. Check out the music. Get some vinyls. Get some albums. Go listen to the bands. And obviously, if you want to check out more stuff from us, make sure, obviously, to remember that the Powered by Rock podcast is powered by our listeners. So, share this episode with friends and post it on, post about it on social media and subscribe to the podcast as well Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to. Uh, you know, podcast. And you, we can actually check us out on YouTube as well because if you're only listening to this, you can go see full videos on YouTube and Spotify because we do have the ability to watch these things now. So you can see all this cool stuff that's behind us right now. Not that there's anything there, but um, and if you like reading, 
Uh, want to check out some of our awesome content, our shop, our merch and gear. You can go to poweredbyrock.com to see what's good there. That's it. That's our show for today, guys. And I'll see you soon for the next episode. Until then, rock on. Supposed to be